Can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. State to state. What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy George Mackay, in the Straight Talk Studios for the first on location interview in quite some time. My guest right next to me, Kobe Durst, Diamond Tiger, back in the Straight Talk Studios. And man, oh man, it's been like three years since the last time we sat down. Yeah, I, uh, I was just saying to you when, it, when I came, I, I, as soon as I got into your, uh, the, the like, um, what, what do you call it? it like, Call the sack, if you will, sack. yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, I remember doing this little drive, okay. <laughs> and luckily enough, I was outside having my pre, uh, my pre-conversation yeah, yeah, so smoke, so it was perfect. I joined right in with you. It was perfect. So actually, um, before we recorded, we were talking about Destiny. Yeah, we were talking about Destiny um, in the four-way that I was just in with Alex Del Bruno, Alexia Nicole, and... Vaughn Vertigo. Mm-hmm. And planning it, it was funny because I call them both Alex. So we were using <laughs> Alex interchangeably. <laughs> my little brother's name's Alex. So I, Perfect. I, um, but, uh, yeah, they wanted us to go 15. The match only went like a little over 10. And people have a tendency of looking at me like, like Kobe, why do you want to do so much? Why are you always trying to cram so much in? And I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, it's short. I'm telling you, we're short. We're short. This is only like, this is 12 minutes max. We got to We got to keep going. But, because I want to do like another quadruple down, another round of waterfalls or something like that. Because yeah. I, uh, Alex just, uh, Del Bruno just took the, the pile driver in the apron, let, let Alexia just take it. And honestly, it was a good finish. It, like, oh, great finish. It, it, it flowed nicely, but I. It did it, flow nicely. And what was yeah. great about what was great about the Destiny show was that it flowed. It was just a room packed with full of people who were generally loved to be there, were excited to be there. And the coolest part about it was at the end, everybody from the yeah. roster coming in. Channing Decker, belting out Sweet Caroline like it was nobody's business. Shout out to the hardcore Channing Decker, White Bronco. That was quite the rendition. But a moment like that, a moment of uncertainty, not knowing what's coming in the following weeks with this new variant and all these restrictions. Right. How was that moment from a roster member's aspect, looking at all the fans, everybody around, clapping, smiles on their face? What a great Christmas gift for Ontario indie wrestling. Well... The Sweet Caroline has quickly become kind of a staple of Channing Decker if you've ever been to like his Greek town shows or things like that. So I always love it whenever he's able to to get out there because it really it, it's something everybody can kind of sing along to and, and have a good time. Um, I didn't know that we were supposed to do that. Actually, I don't think any of the roster knew. Uh, I don't know if it was planned. I think it was impromptu because we had all drank uh, George Iceman. He he brings us back this big bottle of bourbon. Nice. So we're all in the back just like Cheers, cheers, and we're drinking Bud Lights back there. I had like three or four. <laughs> and I'm drinking your beer on you now, the No Boats on Sunday. Shout out to them. No Boats on There we go. <laughs> you looking for a sponsor, you got them right there. Um, yeah, so someone just comes to the back like, you guys got to go out now, so we all run out, and we don't really know what's happening. And I don't know if, if Channing planned on doing that, but yeah, Sweet Caroline with, with the whole crowd, that really kind of brings everybody together. And hopefully they don't really shut everything down. I Half capacity, half mass. Yeah, but like, you know, half for how long? They, they don't know. Two weeks? Two weeks? Two weeks is going to turn <laughs> into four weeks. Could be seven weeks. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, so it's all two weeks. Okay. One thing I ask is, I mean, I saw you start up at HWE again. We yep. both kind of, I, I jumped in the commentary table for the first time, which has been huge for me. That's like a bucket list moment checked off. Yeah. And I got to call a Diamond Tiger match like right out the gate. And you had an awesome match with Johnny Toluca for the television championship at yes. that HWE show. 
talk to me about working with a guy like Johnny DeLuca, upstart, coming up strong in the business. And you can see that the next round of stars in Ontario is in very good hands when you look at a guy like Johnny DeLuca. Yeah, I'm going to show Johnny DeLuca and Evan Greenaway mm -hmm. because they ended up tagging together on the Destiny show impromptu when a couple guys couldn't get across the border. Right. Um, and I worked both of those guys in that Destiny uh, venue for, for, different, for HWE and for Holden's Go Hard Pro. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, getting the opportunity to kind of like step in the ring and, and I don't know if anybody saw me with them or if, if like we've offered any guidance. I know uh, like uh, Evan had, had had done some training up at the barn in Schaumburg and DeLuca. Where's DeLuca trained? DeLuca's trained, I believe, at Hamilton Pro Wrestling. Right, and so he's then one of he's, Rips guys. Yeah, he's one of the Rips guys mm -hmm. and then he's worked his way up in HWE and he's quickly become somebody to kind of keep your eye on. I think uh, he had a great finish to his 2021. Yeah. And I think hopefully, again, if restrictions are, you know, half mass, if we're allowed to have at least a smaller crowd and a more intimate crowd, mm -hmm. a crowd is still a crowd. A crowd is a crowd. Now, you've wrestled in front of no crowds yep. and crowds. Yeah, what's the what's the vibe like? I mean, from a wrestler's perspective, I've never asked this question, so I think you give a great answer. What's the vibe like when you're not wrestling in front of a crowd? Like the Go Hard Pro, there's no audience, right? Right. So Go Hard Pro was at least like a show in that, like I got booked to do my one match and then I was out of there. Mm -hmm. If you're wrestling for somewhere like Super Kicked, which I did, and I'm very thankful to Chris Chambers and the whole Super Kicked uh, gang for welcoming a, me in, uh, but. We, we'll bang out, like, five matches, six matches. Mm -hmm. So, um, and not necessarily all in a row. So, like, he might be there, like, eight, nine, ten hours just filming, recording promos, different things. Just that way they could keep cranking out content. And for a guy like me who's used to wrestling every weekend anyways, it, I was really thankful to, to them for uh, allowing me to wrestle so much. Mm -hmm. But admittedly... You, I'm a live performer. Like I, I started out doing musicals and and theater. Uh, I like to do stand up comedy. Um, to to wrestle in front of nobody is is it's not really. It doesn't fill what you're looking to fill. You know what I mean? It doesn't give you that natural high yeah, exactly. that you look for as a performer. So, <clears throat> so then you find you you just wait and hoping that things will open up and. What can you do? <laughs> well, you can at least say that the last six months or five months of this year, you banged out as many shows as you possibly could. Yeah, as soon as the, the gates were open, I never went back across the border. Um, partly because I was worried that, you know, something happens. Uh, I tested positive at my work earlier this year, so I lost the two weeks pay. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to go over there and then have something happen. I can't get back across. Or... Um, I've also been flagged at the border before. Okay. So imagine I try to go and, you know, they, they kind of look at you with, with like that. And, and the, the example is how many people can't get across, um, or like have been turned away, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it seems like it's, it's a habit. It's a pattern. When you try to cross during a pandemic, especially as a Canadian going to America, America's Americans can come over to Canada and make money. And it's legal. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, full disclosure, when I go across, I really try not to make money. Like, I have some weird, um, like, complex where I'm like, this is illegal. Like, I really just want to play it by the books. So I'll try to spend all my money on gas or food or, like, I, I really do try to keep it 
real in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you try to cross during a pandemic, the border guards look at you like, you're not just doing this for, for nothing. Like, why are you crossing? And then once you're flagged, like, you know, they, that can really fuck a wrestler over. I don't know if you can say that. You absolutely can. <laughs> you can. I've actually been talking a lot lately uh, with a lot of wrestlers. A great wrestler, uh, shout out to Jeremy Prophet over in uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. He's really, really been trying to put the spotlight <coughs> on the red, type is- red, red tape issue yeah. that a lot of Canadian wrestlers, Canadian talent feels. And you're right. Yep. American talent can come over here. They can make money. Yep. There's no problem. We go over there. There's that stigma. Oh, oh no, no, no. Law. This guy, this girl, they're gonna, they're trying to take our, our job. They're trying to take our talent. They're trying to take our spots. Well, and they really, the, the law was no different uh, from what I understand before, like, when, when WWE started touring over in Canada so often, they pretty much got the law changed, right? So, because their wrestlers were all getting, always getting hassled at the border. But, Canada, like, stampede wrestling, you know, kind of clapped, you know. Um, we don't have our big company. I guess you could say Impact, but but even they're, they're filming, I think, a lot in the States. They're more United States-based. Yeah, they have and, a lot of Canadian talent on the roster, but they are more United States-based. Right, and, and it's hard to say how much, like, WWE, they, you know, people say pro wrestling, they oh, or like WWE, right? right. Mm-hmm. That's all a lot of people know, or now AEW, like you can Kleenex. see with all the uh, the toys behind you. Yeah, <clears throat> so they, they can kind of get a lot of change like that, whereas, um, I, I don't really know how you do it, but um, I know that, that from what I've done, just printing off the letters saying, here's what I'm doing, this is what they're giving me, I'm coming back, having a full-time job so that I could say, like, look, this is this is how I actually, like, put money on the table. Right. I do I do this for a living. This is a dream I'm chasing. Yeah, I would love this is to what I do for this. And actually, um, you can you can see a difference even in the last five years mm-hmm. um, where, like, social media clout has become more and more prominent. Mm-hmm. So people actually get it a little more. Whereas mm-hmm. before, people would look at you like, what do you mean you're going to travel nine hours for... A show of a hundred people, like, yeah. what? Now it's kind of like, oh, this guy just wants to be famous. Get going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, they see it a little easier. I they think. see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you've got you've got a pretty predominant social media following. I mean, people know who the Diamond Tiger is. You are a staple here for sure. I mean, getting you on in the early days of Straight Talk, I believe, was one of the interviews that that gave us a little bit of clout. Well, we I can get a we that. can get a Kobe Durst on the show. That means, hey, you know, we and, and it's great when you can name drop a wrestler or two. Like I've mm-hmm. used your name when I've said, like, listen, if you're looking for references, I know you've worked with them before. Ask Kobe about us. Like, sure, we're on the up and up. We're not we're not just in this to sit there and be like, we want to be the next Chris Van Vliet or we want to be the next Lee Shell too. No, we're in this to just have great conversations and become. Uh, more, uh, I guess, more no- gain more knowledge about what wrestlers go through in their in and out of the ring. Yeah, like <sighs> there's certainly wrestlers with more of a social media presence than than I have, um, and and I I'm working on it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll mention something that I, that I have been working on in, in a little bit, but um, I think the wrestling fans really know me here in Canada and in kind of like the mid south. Is that the Chicago area? Yeah, Chicago would be, uh, yeah, I want to say that's more mid-north, I want to say, maybe even northeast. Right, so like, kind of like Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, um, St. Louis, like, that kind of area, like, 
has been very kind to me, mm-hmm. and I, I consider her home. My grandmother's from Chicago, so when I go to Chicago, like, not that I really, like, they, they were the first place to really um, give me regular bookings um, and, and kind of treat me like I was one of them. And a lot of people, um, I actually saw, like, like John Gresham was up at a, the Superkick show because uh, Jordan Grace did Destiny, or she had Destiny. Not she had Destiny a couple week, couple months back. Yes, yeah, October, but around yeah. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So Gresham showed up at Super Kicked, um, uh, and they had just like a live show uh, at a bar that Jesse V works at. Mm-hmm. Jesse V works at a bar and has a bunch of anyways. Nice outdoor uh, show, and he shows up and he's got his mask on and he's all bundled up and uh, the ref. Um, <laughs> Take a drink so that I can. There you sometimes go. Sometimes <laughs> my my mouth starts going fast and my brain can keep up with. I know your daughter just had the concussion and I can I can we can relate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kareem, the ref. Yes. Uh, he says, "Hey, my boy John's outside. You want to come smoke with us?" I'm like, okay. So I'm out there. We're just talking. I'm like, "Hey, man. Hi. Nice to meet you." Um, how long you been into wrestling? He ruins his mask. Oh shit! You're John Gresham. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna use that clip when we promo this for sure. That's yeah. an amazing story. And he goes, "Man, you're all the way up here. What are you? You're from like Chicago, aren't you?" And I said, "No, man. I'm from here. I'm from here. I'm just always there. I'm homegrown, like, man. Yeah." yeah. yeah. So actually, speaking of Jonathan Gresham, that's an interesting segue. And see, that's the vibe that we get. We can move towards that. So ROH, going on a hiatus for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. All these releases this year, a whole flood of talent coming back into the indies or possibly going to other bigger organizations. And let me just say, it would be an honor to get signed and released by any company. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Well, if anybody out there can make us Christmas wish. A hire and fire. I'll I'll love Brute and I'll be right back. A hire and fire in a day. That'll be a, that'll be a, that's gotta be a Guinness World Record somewhere for sure. Uproot your entire life. Walk there. Sorry, kid. the Royal Rumble quick elimination. Sorry, kid. It's no go. But, when, when you think about all these releases, you see these big names that are getting kind of put back into the flood of the indies. Right. Does that discourage you in any way from trying to chase one of those top companies? Not me. The way I see it, those are those are guys who are going to bring eyes to independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they're taking indie bookings, they're going to bring eyes to indie wrestling. They're going to bring guys like me, guys like... Evan or Johnny DeLuca, any any of us aspiring indie guys, they're gonna elevate us to that next level. Being able to see like Chris Saban versus Cody Deaner on like a, a Destiny show, that that was actually pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you get a chance to talk to Saban or Deaner backstage? I talked to to Deaner. Um, I I didn't get a chance to talk to Saban. Deaner's um, a great guy. He's been yeah. on the show. He's done five questions with the mini. Right, and he's a, he's a Canadian. Like I, I've never really met Saban before, so he, you know you get a little starstruck. To me, Saban's like like AJ Styles. Like they're the same. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's very hard to, in my opinion, because I'm a big fan of the X Division. I love the X Division. Yeah. And when you go through the history of the X Division, the amount of names that have held those that have held that title. Right. And then you look at you look at when they say that Chris Saban is arguably the best X Division champ of all time. But then you know AJ yeah. Styles held it. Samoa Joe held it. Fuck. I mean, I believe even Sting held it for like a week and a half or but two I weeks. Mean, he could, man. He's so good. And 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 honestly, I, I did an AJ Styles seminar, so I might not even be as starstruck by him. Right, because I've I've spoken to him. Did you do it with him before or after the soccer mom hair? Uh, before. <laughs> before. Um, 
he was uh they did that <clears throat> i don't know if you remember smash had had like a, back at the e-zone oh you're go you're aging both of us right now you're yep. aging, you're aging <laughs> us a lot yeah I turned 23 for the fourth time this year. Yeah. So. I'm uh, I'm 31, going on six years straight now. <laughs> so you do the math there and figure out my exact age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was that Jonathan Gray. Oh, and then in terms of like social media, uh, yeah, there's there's some wrestlers who are so like, and and power to them that the I, I would say like like Dan House really took off on. Um, Oh, elevated his game, yes, completely. Yeah, you know, completely. You, you had a guy who was he was steady, kind of like I am, and then he just blew up. Um, Warhorse is another example. Great wrestler, and then he, he gets this gimmick, and 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 people take off. AJ Gray's another guy. He tweets a lot. He got a big following, um, and and like huge recognition for like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, who else tweets a lot? Ethan Page is a guy mm-hmm. whose his social media game has has elevated his career. Um, it's something that takes it's twenty four seven. You you probably know, like you, you gotta stay on top of it and if if you're someone like and I mean maybe I'm making excuses, but you know, you got your full time job, you're trying to work on your body, you're um also constantly worried of the main thing that I'm worried about is is somebody could say you could have just said nothing. Right? That's true. Like, so there's a lot of people who kind of shoot themselves in the foot. You know, you have a bad day, you get on social media, you, you get in this habit of like Tourette's speaking your mind on on social media, and then what? When really pro wrestling, when I was a kid and when I dreamt, dreamt of pursuing it, I thought it was going to be scripts. I thought it was going to be, um, you know, directors. D- it's just a little bit different, and it is that. Mm-hmm. But the, but you're the screenwriter, you're the director. Yeah, I'm the screenwriter, I'm the director. So one thing that I, that I have been working on, so this is not excuse me, this mm-hmm. is, um, is the, uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about it, I'm not going to though, the SPLX, is it, is it going to show reverse, XLPS? No, it's good, S-P-L-X. Yeah, because it's reversed the way that I see it. Um, <laughs> in, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's a mirror image of our yeah, of our, exactly. uh, of our uh, <laughs> conversation. So, for those that, that don't know, SBLX is a is a great UK wrestling clothing brand with um, that that sponsors guys like Adam Cole, Prince Devitt, um, Rey Mysterio, uh, Jeff Cobb, Zack Saber Jr. The list goes on and on, and. I've been part of their Young Athletes program for years now. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and it was tough because the first round of the, the the Young Athletes program, like, two guys got injured, and one started doing young boys duty in Japan. Okay. So I was the only guy actively taking bookings. And then we did round two, and the pandemic started. So uh, Joel, the owner of Suplex, kind of reached out to me. He said, hey, man, like, what, what can we kind of do to keep you going. So I've been working with um, this guy, uh, Luke Perrin, mm-hmm. who uh, just, he just got this amazing job at Impact. Um, like, uh, doing film editing or, or filming or, you know, the, the tech department. A mixed bag of the tech stuff. You know, right that's, on. Right, yeah. on. <laughs> right on. I wish I could give his resume. Um, but, uh, 
Luke has been um, so great in, in filming with me to do this uh, Kobe Durst documentary, like a mini documentary. Um, that's kind of like an SPLX ad because they, I mean, they kind of put the money forward for it, um, helped produce it, helped kind of like directed it and gave it the uh, direction. And that's really what I need. Like I said, I, I, I thought it was going to be scripts. I thought it was going to be this and that. And to have somebody be able to look at me and say like, yeah, there's a star. He knows how to wrestle. He's good. He just needs somebody to take care of this other stuff. Thank you. I, and, and honestly, I'm not even someone who, like, have you ever seen me at a merch table? No, I actually wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, you never see You me never see Kobe Durst at merch. You never see <laughs> autographs autographs placed out there. No. Why? Well. Because, you know, I could use a Kobe Durst autograph up yeah. here in the Straight Talk Studios. <laughs> and honestly, I'd, I'd love to get, get it for you, but. Um, well, well, just well, give not, me a shirt. Even, just I'll, give me a shirt work. signed by Kobe Durst. Can we do that? Right, yeah, of course we can. I, I do have shirts. I just don't even, I don't bring them. <laughs> Okay. They, they, they say they say Durst's shirt. <laughs> I love it. That's a great. That's, that's a great nice. shirt. Good shirt. It's a great shirt. What are you it's, rocking? Durst's it's shirt, very bro. Me. Yes. yes. It's totally it's, you. It's very ambidextrous. It's very open and honest. Yeah, you Durst's want a shirt, shirt. here? Durst's shirt. There, there it is. It is. <laughs> it's not. It's not centered. It's. <laughs> I can't even highlight in its center. It's on the left side. <laughs> this, I knew this was going to be an epic conversation, <laughs> and we're only 21 minutes in. It's going to get better from here, for sure. Um, but yeah, when I would go to the like the first indie show I ever went to, because I didn't know indie wrestling was a thing when I started wrestling. Squared Circle Wrestling had like a weekend tryout. Okay. And I went, Gabriel Fuerz went, and John Greed went all in the same weekend. Nice. So we all started the same day. Um, I feel like I'm saying I'm a lot. It's fine. <laughs> Ums and ahs are a part of a conversation. No, I know. You're right. So we start that weekend. Where was it going with? You start that weekend, and I guess you led to eventually your first yeah, merch table? That's it. No, yeah. So I'd never gone to an indie show. Mm-hmm. I figured that you just went to wrestling training, and like a talent scout would go around to the schools or something, or they'd hold open tryouts. and Yeah, you, you, come back. That's what I figured. Okay. Turns out there's this whole culture of indie wrestling. There's ROH. There's Impact. Like, who knew? Mm-hmm. I had just been playing the wrestling video games and watching WWE. And you thought WWE was it? That's right. I started watching in, like, 2009. Okay. Uh, Mike Adamley was the general manager of Raw. Oh, wow. You really are aging both of us <laughs> terribly. Because I remember those times, too. Yeah. It, yeah, because wrestling fans, we, we, we can re- really, yep. Got it. We can remember stats, obscure facts, and matches. But ask me to add, you know, 653 times 1142, I have to pull my iPhone out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, me and my my little brother, Alex, uh, he's going to Waterloo to be a chemical engineer. So shout out to Alex. Yeah, shout out to Kobe Alex. got the Kobe got the beauty. Alex got the brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's uh, and he's got the height too. <laughs> so what is he? How tall is he? He's a little bit. He's got to be like five ten. What are you? Five eight, five nine. Are you really five eight? Well, I five eight and like three quarters. I five nine is what I what I say. Okay. So maybe he's like he might be five eleven. 
Okay, so he's about my height. Yeah, he's about your height. Okay. Just a, you know, just a little bit taller. Uh, for a second there, I thought it was, I, I was thinking about like a Sasquatch. We're talking seven feet tall. No, but he's like, he is seven years younger than me. So when he did finally uh, get taller, he's like, ah. Oh, uh, you were like, fuck. You're like, great. Now we're going to have those weird Christmas photos where you're putting your arm on my fucking yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. You would start calling me little bro and stuff. Oh, which is shit. fine because I lie about my age anyway. Soon he's going to be older than me. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, when we watch Jeopardy, uh-huh. he, like, sometimes I can tie him, like, one, no, once or twice at, like, 10 or 20. Okay. But he always, like, wipe the floor. Yeah, wipe the floor with you. Because he's not, you know, he's not the, the wrestling kind of guy. But, like, the stats that I do get... It's like Madonna, or, or you, okay. You know, so you got the pop culture the pop stuff down, but stuff. he's got like the scientific and the historical exactly. stuff. Exactly. Ah, okay. Well, that's the great thing about Jeopardy, though, is that Jeopardy gives you that mixed bag. It does. So sometimes, like, I can be like, "Oh, I tied," but I never beat him. Never beat him. Never beat him. So claim to fame is that you tied. Yeah. So it. second second place is a go to in the Durst house. On the Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. The Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we're actually we because um, he he had this. Uh, placement with the MTO for his uh, schooling. Oh, so fantastic. He, so for just this semester, he was living with uh, uh, me and Mississauga on Dundas, because I had, like, the spare bedroom or whatever. So, Perfect. Yeah, so it, it's been nice, and then he'll be moved out by the end of the month. Okay, so you get your space back. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, yeah. You get, your, you get your singular space back, and you don't have to worry about, you know, making sure you wear boxes around. If you want to walk around got you free, right, you can. Exactly, I can do whatever whatever I'm feeling. Because I used to always have his door open. I had, like, a chin-up bar installed, but then I had to take the chin-up bar down. Because you wanted him to have some kind of privacy. Well, he needed better. You know what you could have done? You could have just taken the chin-up bar down, kicked the door open every once in a while, put the bar up, done your Right, stuff. sometimes, no. sorry, sometimes sorry, I do when apologies. he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak back in. Um, so... I show up at this merch table, my first indie show, my mom takes me, and because I, I live like three hours away from where, I, I, if, if you want to look at it on Google Maps, I'm from Maydock, Ontario, and Squared Circle is at 320 Deerhide Crescent in Toronto. Some some addresses you just remember. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Jane and Finch area, it's not the best area. Well, it's the best area before the sun goes down. <laughs> exactly. After the sun goes down, you want to get out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah, because I, when I did And start, always put your money in your sock if the sun goes down. Yeah, when I started going to college, like, I'd, I'd be sketched out because I'd, I'd be leaving there around like 11 p.m., 1 a.m. Oh, yeah. to, to take the bus But some of the Humber. best, some of the best weed I ever purchased was in the Jane and Finch area well, when it was illegal. Now you can buy it like literally at a quarter store. I, I went to a drive-thru the other day to get weed. That was fucked up. At uh, Ganjika House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Brampton. So, story goes, just to give everyone a little back, where we, where we are now, Brampton, Mississauga area, there used to be a Burger King, right smack dead center of Brampton, an old Brampton, as we like to call it. And Burger King eventually became a walk-in clinic, then it eventually became a weed distribution facility. And illegal. Uh, not illegal. Legal. Very legal on the up-and-up. Government knows about it. So I went through the other day, and it was like pulled up, it was like something out of a time warp. Yeah. Hi, can I take your order? Yeah, can I get uh, can I get twenty five? You know, can I get like you know three grams of this, four grams of that? Mm. Oh sure, sir. Your tools on one hundred and sixty three. Okay, perfect. Pull up, and the bag gets handed to you. Have a nice day. Have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, this is fucked up completely. Like I, I looked at her. I said, this is this is. I used to come through this drive through in high school when I was stoned to get burgers. Now I'm buying the thing that makes me buy burgers. So it was at the same place. It was it was just a time warp. You know what I mean? It was a fucked up time yeah, exactly. warp. Exactly. Um, Funny thing about Ganjika House. So today's Tuesday that we're filming this. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow, that's my map for my garbage route. Is like that neighborhood. Like 
literally like like the Genji goes over that square is like my whole garbage right where I do the organics and that's the shoot job by the way the, yeah, yeah job garbage is, man he's a garbage like, man there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with that I actually just got a new gig myself working for Miller Waste Systems oh as that, a dispatcher. Miller's nice Miller's yes nice as a dispatcher um, so I'm very excited about that I'll be starting that in January so. there it is yeah congratulations on thank that. you very much brother Appreciate we actually that. we just got off strike um, which was awesome we got a seventeen percent raise. And we used to have to work 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. um, or, or at least we couldn't refuse work until we had done 12. Right. Now it's right. 10. So okay. if I want to do overtime, I can. If not, I'm out of there. And, and the biggest issue was because I'm a wrestler, mm-hmm. my, my coworkers aren't wrestlers, right? They're not athletes necessarily. So I can, a 10-hour map takes me about six hours. Right. So then I'm like, hey, can I go home? No, you got to go help so-and-so and whoever. And I don't mind, like, okay, I'll help for an hour because it's almost two hours for a normal guy. No, can't go home. Can't. <laughs> and it was just like, dude. so then you start going slow and you go, okay, fine, I'm going to go slow. And then they don't care. You know, they just, they'll find somebody else. But So we, we were on strike for the week and the garbage piled up and then eventually they... they Gave in, so that was that on uh, for because I'm with uh, Mterra. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So you 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 got you got your raise <laughs> and you got your equal pay and you, now you can only you only got to do ten instead of twelve, which is huge. Yeah, and right? honestly, I, like, but that's raise, a great job the because the bonus, the hours was was what I was, like, which you were really pushing for. Yeah, because two hours, like that's a lot. Like that's your whole workout. For, for a guy like you, for me, me, I last about thirty-three minutes, maybe right. like forty. If I if I really push myself on DJ Hero, I'm really working like well, but, the, the biceps. Even stuff. think about it though, like like driving to the gym, getting changed, Fair driving enough. home from the gym, preparing your meals. Like that's the, even if you only work out for that's half a full-time an hour, job in itself. Almost it's a lot. Well, and for some guys, that is their whole job, right? You know, nutritionist. You're wake up, and, yeah, work out, eat, work out, have a nap. Work Wake out. Up, work out again. Yeah, like, uh, and that's what I that's what I dream of doing someday and somewhere where it's very sunny like Florida. And you and you will get there. And the great thing about this job, though, is that at least it gives you weekends off so you can hit those shows, that's you can right. get those bookings. Monday to Thursday. So every Friday, Saturday, Sunday when the wrestling shows are, and even like Thursday night, like I could take the Thursday off or, or like uh, Greektown was supposed to run this week on Thursday looking very forward to it and uh, we found out about again COVID fucking us over restrictions it was going to be my Christmas gift to myself yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very selfish when it comes to myself I like to treat myself I just I was just telling Colby about my new 65 inch TV I, yeah. treat, I treated myself I mean yeah it's a family TV but it's more mine LG LG life is good Life is good. That's Life's right. Shameless LG plug right there. <laughs> but yeah, so like you can take, you got those times off to hit those bookings and that's awesome. But back mm-hmm. to my, my major point of the question, why don't, doesn't yeah, Kobe Durst sell merch? So we go to the, to the show um, and they used to run out of Vaughn, the Palladium or a sports, sportsplex okay. or something. Like a sky zone, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Had, like, it was like a soccer field, like hockey fields or something. Um, and I go and I, wow, here, here it is. And Elgin's on the show and Hacker's on the show. I'm trying to remember. I think. I, I, I think uh, Shout out to Scotty O'Shea, by the way, Hacker. Yeah. We're here. Recovery's going very well. Kudos to you, brother. We can't wait to see you back in the ring. Well, you know, the thing about that is that Adrian's the one that's supposed to go into a coma. 
Mm. Not Rocky. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, please Google it. I'm not going to explain Rocky <laughs> to people, okay? If you haven't seen Rocky, I don't know what the fuck you're doing in your life. I, I just I just watched uh, right up to Creed 1, so we still got Creed 2 with uh, the girl that I'm living with. Um, See, Creed 2, I have a little bit of a beef with. Yeah? I do have a beef don't with tell, Don't tell me. Cause, cause I'm not going to tell you. But, but wait, okay, so here's what you do. When you finish watching Creed 2, mm, message me I'll let you know. and say, what's your beef? And then I can tell you my beef. Well, I might even tell I mean, I'll tell you off camera so I don't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to but the merch. Creed 1 was great. Yes, Creed 1 was phenomenal. Holy, yeah. And and you know what? Even Rocky Bell, like, because I, I, I watched Rocky Balboa in theaters in 06. So did I. Yeah. So did and I. I haven't watched it since. The most motivational speech. The Life most. is hard. Yeah. Life will beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. It's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can keep getting hit and keep going. Keep pushing forward and you're sitting there you're like i could do anything because rocky said i could because nobody hits harder than life that's right <laughs> there we go i five it on that baby i love it i love it nobody hits harder but you got to say it with that new york accent uh, yeah. nobody hits harder than life you gotta say it like that <laughs> the, the philadelphia that oh sorry what, the, okay that italian that accent italian, yeah that the, italian it, accent. really you know it's the stallone because he, he because it was something at birth, right? It's, he got something along the lines of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and even when he did that. porn, like even when he did the Italian style porn movies, the accent was very proverbial. There. And it was a real boxer too, right? Like he probably got hit a couple times. Probably, probably yeah. got hit a couple times. But then he came up with this like lightning in a bottle, and here we are, you know, eight movies later. I always thought I, I when the wrestler came out, I had hoped that it would be more like like a serial trilogy. Yeah, and then and then. Because I call myself, like, I was doing Diamond Tiger, Kobe the Ram first. Mm -hmm. Like, I was Randy the Ram's son. Mm -hmm. And, by the way, somebody write this if you could, because I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm just an ideas man. <laughs> Maybe I'll write it. But I would love to be that. You know, and like, like I'm young. Yeah, not the sequel. Like, like not even necessarily, the like, Randy the Ram, but, like, the idea, like, of... You know, the, the indie wrestler going through his career. You know. Trying to make it to the top. Yeah, you know, you'd have to start filming it now because I'm, I'm young now. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we can do what Martin Scorsese did for the, uh, you know, the fucking, the worst movie ever made, The Irishman. We can do that. We could do the CG and, and make you age younger. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... <clears throat> but I heard that's, that's a very expensive process. I so. only got about, like, an hour... Hour and a half into it, and you but, still had an hour and a half. Well, to go, because you just finished watching Goodfellas, right? Yeah, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm funny." Like, like, what am I, Loretta Lynn? How do, do I make you he laugh? A, he hasn't busted my balls. What am I supposed <laughs> to shoot him? You think I haven't dug a hole before? <laughs> Joe Pesci. So. But what about, you know what's great about that movie is, I was actually talking about that with a friend of mine. What's great about that movie is, in that movie, Joe Pesci's angry. And Ray Liotta, who's always playing angry, right. is very somber and calm. It's almost weird to see Ray Liotta in somber and calm aspects. Like, he does get revved up in the movie here or there. Uh -huh. But when he has those somber and calm, it's very eerie to me. Right. When Ray Liotta's not yelling at me, I don't feel like it's Ray Liotta. I feel like it's somebody playing Ray Liotta, playing this character in a Martin Scorsese movie. Fair. 
So when I went to the indie show... Okay, we're, we're, now we segue back. Okay, we moved back. Yeah, yeah, cause, well, cause we got a lot of time to cover. So we might as well talk about everything. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's the last one of 2021. You might as well go with a bang. Boom. Um, I... Anybody with a round pro wrestling to me was like a superstar. Like, whoa. And then very quickly, when the intermission started, and... You know, you could see there was a lineup and people getting the autographs and stuff, and that was cool. Pardon me. But, and I, I don't know, there's something about like, hey, come on, take this picture. Like, it, it seemed almost like, it seemed carny. And that's what wrestling is. But something about it just seemed like you're the star of a pro wrestler and you want my $5 for a picture? Like, just give me the picture, man. What's your... And that was my thought from as a fifteen year old. Um, oh, so that early memory turned you off yeah, from having those bit. awkward encounters at the merch table. And if you've ever been at the merch table and you get all your stuff set up, and then you're finally there, and you, and especially if it's like a big show, there's like three hundred people there, and you're maybe like a, a big player at the show, and just nobody's in the line, and you're like, oh. And then of course I have been at shows. Where people are like, Kobe, I want a shirt. Where's your shirt? Ah, come on. Cause a lot of times, especially if, I, if, if I'm on before intermission, I'm out in the parking lot with you anyways. I'm smoking a joint. Yeah, yeah, that's up, true. I've seen that a few a times. Beer. Yeah, so, so I... I and, and I want everybody to remember that when they fell on hard times during COVID, I never sold you a shirt, all right? So who was really thinking about you? The Diamond Tiger. I was thinking about you. I said, no, keep your money and put it in a savings account or something like that. Let it grow in a high-yield, low-interest, you know, bond fund. I tell you, last year, I bought one of the Wealth Simple. Remember when... when yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I just... I, I didn't have a whole lot of money, but I just... I, I happened to buy some AMC stock. Mm-hmm. And it jumped like $2,000. Holy hell, like winning the lottery. And then... I invested it all, and it's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> because with the lockdown, and I'm I'm so stubborn. I'm like, no, I bought these. I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm like, God, oh, oh, ooh. <laughs> and it just, it plummets. <laughs> easy come, easy go. That's it, that's it. Especially when it's free money that you're kind of playing exactly. around. Exactly, yeah, you figure it'll probably come back one day. If they it'll, it'll come full circle. It, yeah, when they open it back up, open <laughs> So when you started your journey into, into indie wrestling, and again, yeah. we've talked about this a little bit in our first conversation, you can go back through the Straight Talk archives, which was also only an audio-only podcast because I didn't know YouTube was a thing at that time. Like, for podcast-wise, I knew YouTube was great for clips and, like, homemade movies You're and stuff. really dating yourself. I am. I'm dating myself completely. My hairline dates myself for me anyways. But when you started your journey in pro wrestling, and, and that was kind of the first image that was grained in your head about the awkward encounters at the merch table, yeah. it's, no, it's no surprise that... And I've had those awkward encounters where I've gone up to a wrestler and be like, hey, man, can I grab a picture? It's like, well, if you just if you buy something, no problem. It's like, well, okay, and I don't have cash, so I don't want to feel awkward and be like, well, can I e-transfer you? If it's a friend of mine that I know, like Josh Alexander, I have his email. I'll e-transfer him because I know him. But if it's somebody that I've met for the first time, it's super awkward to me to be like, well, can I e-transfer you? So I'll go try to take money out, but sometimes there's no bank machine with an earshot, and then I kind of just saunter back to the crowd and hope the wrestler doesn't see me for the rest of the night. I've had those awkward encounters on the other side, too. But also, then you then you go up to the thing and you'll sit there and you'll you'll buy an autograph or you just go up and talk. And say, hey man, can I snap a picture? Absolutely. And it's just for me, 
to see the, the collection I've built of the, some of the great autographs I've been able to get a hold of and been able to have conversations with those people, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. And every autograph is a memory of a conversation that I remember having. And they were great conversations. Each and every one of them. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's one thing with, with any kind of live performance. Like if you go to a, to a concert or... Oh, some other live performance. Like people are always they, they concerts, they bands. Stuff. Yeah, bands. Seeing a um, DJ spin at a club. If you if you go to an athlete, like you go to a basketball game, a football game, get exactly. a jersey, get a sports star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get an autograph. Like it's a whole thing, and it, there's like a like a culture around it. Collective toys is kind of in the same um, realm. Yeah. <laughs> um. But also. That, it, it, your, the value of it goes down the more you give it out, doesn't it? Yes, the value, because people say, well, uh, there's 600 or 700 of these ah. floating around. But for me, like, what I've built here myself, I, the autographs, I've never sell. Yeah. And some of them are also the, also made to me. Right. Like, they say, to George. Sure. I'm not going to sit there and spun that and send it around on eBay. No. And be like, oh, hey, look, do you want this? Well, yeah, but it says, to George from Jimmy the Heart. Sure. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah. Okay, I'll cross out the to George. I'll still sell it to you for 75 bucks. No, because it's now it's got these two fucking weird black lines on it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So when I see people selling autographs and stuff like that, or the worst is when you go to an autograph signing. Like I've been to a major autograph signings with uh, Kevin Owens. Right. When SummerSlam was here, Kevin Owens had a Toys R Us. So me and the mini host, we woke up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. We lined up at the Toys R Us. He showed up at 8. We were one of the first people to get his autograph. And in front of me, there's a guy with nine toys. Nine Just. similar Kevin Owens. And Kevin was gracious enough to sign each and every one of them. My daughter went up with one action figure. I went up with his DVD. We each got one thing signed. Both are still here in the Straight Talk Studios. But this guy, you knew exactly what he was doing. And sure enough, when we walked out to the parking lot, all nine were spalled out on the back of his truck cab. Sure. And he's snapping pictures. And sure enough, when I searched about an hour later, I searched on Facebook. I searched autograph, Kevin Owens autograph. There was eight of them. So he kept one for himself, and he, and you wouldn't believe it. He was selling them for a buck fifty each, and it's like, dude, you paid twenty five dollars for that fucking toy. Yep. He was gracious enough to sign nine for you when it clearly stated the limit was one each, and he's and you're gonna turn around and make a profit off that guy. It's people like that that I don't have a respect for. Sure, and yeah, like uh, they're definitely again, it's kind of, it's a carny thing, right? Uh, so, sometimes the other, the other part with the merch is, I I guess I always wanted to make my I wanted to get a contract. That's always been my number one. Like like some people want to just make a living at pro wrestling. I'm happy doing what I'm doing, but I've always wanted a, a contract. I want to be on TV. I want to wrestle. I want to be in WrestleMania. Like that, that was the dream as a kid. And Saturday night, Saturday Night Live. Those were those were my two. Like I want to be very, a very very different spectrums, by the way. Yeah, different spectrums. But like one one you can really like tackle when you're young, and then the other like you know you can't wrestle forever. No, it's true. And it, and I, I I think the comedy is kind of a natural. Like like Mick Foley does it, like it's not really a comedy. It's more of a story. 
thing. But like but Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler's a, a comedian. I've seen Dolph um, Ziggler's comedian shows. I've never actually seen it. He's, is he? He he actually Dolph Ziggler when he was here SummerSlam weekend, he did have a comedy show. Yeah. and he was able to go. Yeah, and uh, he. Uh, but he he lights it up, yeah. And, and he and it's funny because he doesn't do like he doesn't come up and say so. Backstage, I was uh, you know he doesn't talk he doesn't talk about wrestling too much. He actually talks about real life shit, which is nice. And it's fucking hilarious. Relatable to yeah, it's relatable to, to you and everybody. me. He's talking about wrestling a little <clears throat> bit. When I, I I only have ever done the like extra work for WWE one time, mm-hmm. and it was two like uh, like Columbus and Toledo, Ohio. Um, and how do you get called for extra work for that? Like, do they spot you? Do they know of you? Or are you on their radar? So what happened for me was I just got in a conversation with Rex Atkins somehow. And he said that he had done the work and that this was the email that they had sent. And he gave me this lady's email. And I just sent an email to that address. And they said, yep, we need extras for these two dates. Perfect. I'll be there. So then, um, and the the night before, I had wrestled. Do- I I did double duty on a one because somebody got injured. I think I want to say it was like Del Bruno or his ankle or something. So I wrestled the the one match, and then got like thrown into the to this other because it was like a tournament or something, and I had this like this like cut over my eye. And I, I, I was all like, like, I was ready. And so I go down and the person who usually oversees the tryouts wasn't there. Okay. So somebody else was kind of like overseeing it. Regal wasn't there. Um, so that was a little bit unfortunate. But um, I forget even where I was going with this, but. Well, we were talking about how you got how about to go go about the extra work. So you're talking about your experiences, with right? The extra work. That was it. So I just uh, so I just kind of sent an email, and they got back to me, and I went down, and they they said basically, oh, it was Dolph Ziggler. He was the nicest guy out of anybody that that I talked to, and I didn't know he was a comedian then, and I hadn't done comedy, but we were doing matches like before the show for like just you know some whoever. Um, on SmackDown, we had like five minutes each. And he, he talked to me about it. He said, Oh yeah, I think this and that and uh Yeah, it was it was it was nice. He was really super cool though. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. And on SmackDown they they because I did good in the match and I guess I didn't look weird, Jer- the, Jericho was looking for his scarf. Kevin Owens had stolen his scarf. Um and they had me stand in the hallway. Have you seen it? Like, no. So then a couple people were like, oh, come, we saw you. you That's pretty cool, though, yeah, right? It was, it was a cool thing. Like to have Jericho take five minutes out of his, or two minutes out of his, actually probably ten seconds out of his day to ask you where his scarf was, scripted, still pretty cool. I mean, you're in the ring with arguably one of the great Canadian goats. And you know what? It was more <clears> than ten <throat> seconds because they tried, to, they tried to record that promo, and I bet you if you ask Jericho about it, I bet you he would, he probably doesn't remember me, but he might because I, I well, probably not, but uh, what I, uh, my ex, who lived in your neighborhood, um, her boss ran uh, plays by Bird, which, okay. um, and Jericho did one. He was like cast in a play mm-hmm. by this guy Brian Bird, um, and I go, "Hey, do you know Brian Bird? I do know Brian Bird." So we talked about Brian Bird, and they tried. So they tried filming this like it's an easy, easy little like. 
not even like 30 second encounter and something would mess up each time or they'd want to like redo it or something and then I think Enzo had like taken a bad fall on Smackdown and it made everybody go oh and Jericho just whips the door open saying we're trying to film a promo out here you cunts or something like that <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing yes. story that's fucking great <laughs> just, you can hear a fucking pin drop okay we're gonna one more time <laughs> <laughs> one more time and I'm done <laughs> fuck this shit it was awesome I love it, it oh man funny. that's <laughs> great <laughs> so talk to me about 2021 we winded down we had some great like I mean you had those awesome Awesome. You came out when Aiden Prince finally captured the next-gen title, and you fucking put him through a chair. Yeah. And then you had that awesome steel cage match literally only about a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Almost two months now. And you guys tore it up. You tore the house fucking down. It was a great match. I was in the crowd. Yeah. And it was so great to see. It's great to see people I consider friends like you and like Aiden shining stars in the indies. It's great to see that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, now we get these revelations that we don't, we're uncertain where January and February is going. But for these five months that you were able to crunk in as many shows as you were, did you did you feel that spark in you again? Oh, I yeah. know that spark never left, but the flame must have been turned down just a little bit. Uh, you start working out harder when when you know that you got the the weekend coming up. You have when you have an actual match that you're training for to get ready for. Pardon me. That that you're training for. Um, it, it, it gives your workout like like a little bit more purpose. I know like some people say they, they have a hard time finding motivation to, to like get to the gym or, or do this or whatever. I can totally get it because without wrestling, you know, you, you kind of maintain and, and to be fair, they shut down the gyms. So I didn't just have a, a whole rack and a bench press. Something no, you could get I to. had to save up and then buy it at an exorbitant price. Because, because everybody's yeah. buying it. Exactly. So, you know, $1,600 later, okay, now I got what I got. And and not just $1,600, like, break up with this person, move over to here, do, like, because they won't let you have a gym, and you need a gym, and no, I'm not waiting until the pandemic's over. I need a gym now, and I'm a pro wrestler first. So... You know, you go through all that. You know, you restructure everything. Okay, here we go. Now we got a spot. Okay, now I can save up for my gym. Okay, now I got it. Okay, but I'm also so out of the habit now. Before, wake up, get to the gym. Now you wake up. Oh. Right? Because... Right? Fair enough. And, and Fair enough. where's my match? There's no match to, to plan for. You, you you watch wrestling on TV and it just isn't the fucking same with a screen that that weird. All oh, the the WWE the Thunderdome. Yeah, the Thunderdome like ugh. hurt my eyes. I'll be honest with you, hurt my eyes a lot. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about watching that. TVs within a TV is fucking awkward. It's so awkward. Even like sometimes when you watch a video game and you go into a room and there's a TV on, I tend to turn my character away from the TV because it hurts my eyes. Sure. Why do I have to watch a TV within a fucking TV to be part of the game? Like, it's it's a, it's annoying as fuck. But yeah, with all those, I, I actually couldn't watch Raw or SmackDown during the pandemic because it would hurt my eyes. Wow. It would. It would really... I wonder that, 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 it's got to be a common thing. It has to be. Well, look at, like, yeah. if you look at it now, like, with kids and, and now being off school and then on school and online and offline and all this other shit, yeah. like, a lot of kids spiking, it's spiking for glasses. 
spiking mm-hmm. for contacts. Kids are getting them earlier than they should be. Yep. And it's it's not just one kid. It's like literally 15, 20 kids in the same classroom. Right. And it's because we're expecting them. We're telling, it's, it's such an oxymoron. When you're a parent, you're saying to your kid, get off the fucking screen, read a book, do this and that. But then when they're online school, you're saying, get on your fucking computer, do your fucking homework, let's get it going. And you're sitting there and you're telling them one minute, I want you off screen time. But then the next morning, okay, get up, you have to log in, you have to make sure you're in class on time. And as a parent, when you're trying to set boundaries, it's such a, so I just want a big shout out to the Canadian government because you've screwed up every parent out there because we don't know what to do. And we're also working full-time jobs to keep food on the table for our families. But now we got to come home and be teachers because you won't allow the teachers to be teachers. So the Canadian government, you've done a bang up job of fucking this entire pandemic up. So Justin Trudeau, but hey, you got great hair, buddy. Great fucking hair. If I do like the um, stereotype that Canadians are good looking, that Justin Trudeau has bestowed well let's yeah just yeah well he also took his shirt off he also took his shirt off at a fucking uh daytime talk show and showed that he had a six-pack and it's like why is that important ripped nice he can grow a nice beard um and he can stand in front of a camera and he can read off a teleprompter and still still fuck it up he can still fuck it up when he's reading off a teleprompter (laughs) fucking yahoo um and it's weird that the kids would all catch COVID in the same class if they're wearing their masks. Yeah. You'd think that, you know, only one or two. Well, it's weird. That it's also <laughs> weird now that the lowest variant is causing the biggest threat. The numbers are spiking through the roof, but this is a low-grade variant. This is a variant that's supposed to be the closest to the flu that we've seen. It's Omicron or Omicron, whatever the fuck they're calling it now. And it's supposed to be the one that, if everyone gets it, it's okay because you can't be affected with another variant. It's still not okay. It's still deadly. Like, we're doing, as a society, we're doing everything we can, but you, you, you can't expect people to do this much longer. Would you not agree? Well, there will be a revolt. A cynical person <clears throat> would say if you wanted to hurt small businesses, you would limit them from being able to operate and maybe raise the minimum wage so that they couldn't hire workers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's just somebody who went to college for business management, <clears throat> speaking. Graduated with honors. Not honors. I was... I was half a half a point away. Half a point you away. You caught me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Revelations, <laughs> politics, That's all good right. stuff. That's what you get with Kobe Durst. A couple more questions. I'm gonna let you enjoy your evening. But looking towards 2022, and even though the uncertainty, but let's let's plan ahead. Let's plan ahead for shows to be there January. Shows to be there February. Yeah. What is the goals for Kobe Durst in 2022? Because like you said, 2021, you're getting back. Back in ring shape. You've taken as much bookings as you can. Yep. You're in the gym consistently now. You're doing everything right. Yep. You're trying to do everything right. And what is what are the goals for Colby Durst in 2022? We, we're going to get into the red tape in America in a second. But if you have plans to travel anywhere in the world, do you want to go over to Europe? Do you want to go over to Japan? Do you have any plans for that stuff? 2022 is going to be <clears> big. <throat> but I, I've, I've already... Uh, last year, I called my shot for 2023. Okay. So... Really look for me in 2023 because that's when all the hard work from 2022 will pay off. Is going to pay off exactly. And the documentary. So, when when can we expect to see the release of? The you know what? It was supposed to already be out. That's why I'm I'm, I'm talking about it. I don't know if it's supposed to, but I, I it's uh it, it'll be out. Is is you you can't rush an artist. Right, you know. But when it is out, you make sure to tag. Job. Make sure to tag Straight Talk in it. I'm gonna promote the shit out of it. Hundred percent, because you deserve it. Um, I I really appreciate that, and and it, yeah, it, it kind of highlights. Um, it would have been nice to get my mom in it, but she she uh, was working at the time. But 
I thought you were saying she's camera shy. Well, she, I think she's a little camera shy, but she would have did it if, you know. Mom, no, no, but come out here. We're, we're filming a doc. <laughs> yeah. Was your dad in it? My dad was in it. So, and my parents, they bought a uh, property up in Belleville. Right on. So beautiful, they, beautiful area. Mm-hmm. So they already had the, the house in Belleville. So they sold the house, bought this property. My dad's always been a carpenter. Um, so he quits his job or retires. And they, they, they've all, ever since I was a kid, they've talked about building a house. So they finally, they, they, before COVID, they had, I, I forget if they. Tell me they had their lumber before COVID skyrocketed fucking. Nope. Oh, no. no. Price. It cost them three times as much to build this I, I house that. as I it would that. have. And the, they bought the property before COVID, which, to, so to be fair, they could have just sold the property for, and tripled their money without a house on it. Right. So they're, they're still going to make money on it regardless. But, and no, I, I think after, I think everything was delayed. So then finally things started opening up after COVID. They get the, uh, the cement in the ground, like the foundation. And then, so every weekend, what is, since wrestling wasn't happening, especially, um, I was up there just kind of like, Helping you that. Building a house, yeah. So. You know what, though? That's cool. You're going to take it a couple two-by-fours. It's done good. Some wraps it's nice. and stuff. It was nice. Well, and especially because Monday to Thursday, I'd be loaded garbage. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd build a house. So it's not traditional workouts. It's not the kind of workouts that are going to make you super ripped. But they are kind of like um, the heart on your tendons, your ligaments. You know, your hands are getting thicker. You got to get, you know, kind of like a working farmer's strength that... When you do go back to the gym, you you see the difference. You do feel it. So I think that combined with now I have my my squat rack, I have my bench press. Um, you know I'm I'm in a pretty good spot. But the lease of my apartment's up in March. I want to get a new place. I've been talking with Albright actually about maybe getting a spot with him. Nice. Yeah, getting kind of doing the same thing. I I need somebody to help me. To, I need that motivation to to do social media i need that like i need like a live audience I, and and to be surrounded by pro wrestling all the time like the the whole reason that i have the job that i have is because i want to be a pro wrestler mm-hmm. the whole reason i live in the city that i live in is so that i can be around pro wrestling so when pro wrestling isn't happening it, you know it's it's a little bit of a miserable existence and i'm sure people out there have worse existences but you know i gotta complain about something guys <laughs> so 2023 we got to keep a lookout 2023 20, look out 2022 if if the shows open back up i have um like i don't know if companies want you to announce it well a bunch of like like c4 has always been really good to me um i if alpha one's running you know ethan page is, is doing his thing in, in aew and we'd love the success that him and josh are seeing um Absolutely. Uh, I've finally been able to get out to like FML in uh, Quebec City. Um, I went down and did IWS the other weekend in uh, Montreal. Uh, so getting down in that half of the country, especially like cause the Quebec area, um, it's such a fun area. It's almost it's, it feels almost like would you compare it to like like Seattle or like or like or like uh, I feel San like, Francisco? I feel like the Montreal the Montreal scene is very reminiscent in the summertime, very much San Francisco. Yeah. In the wintertime, I want to say very much uh, like old New York. 
yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of an attitude, you know, a bunch of drug problems, and and you know, they're just they're they're free people. They're having fun. Um, no, I'm just kidding about the drug problems. Um, <laughs> no, they're um, they're they're a freer, more fun kind of people. Sometimes you, the the friendships, yeah. But I've always wanted to learn how to speak French. Um, oh, I could teach you a couple things. Well. You know, you, I know the basics. Bonjour, comment ça va, ça va bien. Of course, of course. Well, Salut. well I'll take it. Tabernacle, estigales. I know, I know, <laughs> yeah, how, uh, <laughs> I know how to swear in almost every language. Regular francophone. That's right. I know how to swear in almost every language. Yeah. I can swear in Italian. I can swear in Portuguese. I can even swear in Indian. Penjot. I can do it. The thing about Canada is it's so multicultural. The it's multicultural, but the the position of prime minister is very limited. By you have to be able to speak French and English. You have to be bilingual. But, yes. Like if. If America adopted this, with you had to be able to speak Spanish English and, and Spanish. Yes, they you'd cut down, like, I don't, can he, can any other president speak Spanish? Like, which one can speak? Spanish? I want to say Obama probably did. Obama probably sure, and he seemed like Trump legit. Definitely did not. No, there's no way he's gonna take classes to learn how to speak Spanish. Like, maybe he will, but if, especially if you tell him that he wouldn't. But No, he's a fucking... No, he's not. You're not going to... Spanish? Okay, I'll do something else. Yeah, no. I, uh, that's, that's, that's very not... Uh, I'd rather speak uh, Chinese because it's China, not China. China. Yeah, that's oh, what he used that's to call what he it. always says. Yeah, he would call... You know, we have a huge problems with China. And it's, it's China. You... Fucking idiot. Yeah, don't judge your ch- <laughs> That's right. Final question. Yeah. Out of everyone on the indies that you've worked with, and you've worked with a lot of amazing talent, both veteran and up-and-comer, is there anyone in 2022 that you haven't tangled with in the Ontario indie scene that you would love to get in a ring with? If it be a regular match, a stipulation match, whatever. Is there one competitor that you have your eyes on? I like that. I like it because you phrased it. You said somebody that I haven't wrestled that I'd like to get my hands on. Mm-hmm. So that limits, because I've wrestled a lot of guys. You've wrestled a lot of guys, and girls. And yeah. girls, yeah. Just brawls, beating up dudes and ladies. That's my theme song. Um, I think RJ City would be a good one. Mm. Um, it's a kind of a style clash, for sure. Um, I could imagine showing up and... Trying to, like, I don't know, because he used to help me uh, train when I was like 16, 17 years old at, at Squared. And because you don't know who he is, but I can remember him showing me how to chain, like how to chain wrestle. And, you know, is, is that the guy, like, he, he could help you with so many things, but I went to him for chaining, right? Like, he, he could have went to, you know, talk about character stuff or or this or that, but, um, and he actually was super good, so I feel like, I I feel like he's, he's someone who can really have that, like, kind of, like, what would you call it, like a, like a hard, like a strong like an style? Under, like, like an like underrated a, like a, sleeper match that nobody would expect him to go balls to the wall, and he does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think he, like, he has it in him, if, if he, if he. He's like, yeah, I'm but it's wrestle. not. It's not the brand that he's built. It's and it's that's just like it's a step away from what he's built. Like if you tweet all the time, or or not tweet. Uh, if you sell your merch all the time, the value of your merch goes down. If you wrestle hard all the time, 
maybe people expect you to wrestle hard, and it doesn't mean that you can't. And it shortens your career span as well. It, it can, certainly. So, uh, maybe maybe you think, like, uh, like, your body will build up a tolerance to it, though. Might be, might be. Some people, like, everybody wants to compare, compare themselves to Flair. Like, not not compare it, but, like, when, when they talk about... Sex-wise or no, ring-wise? When, when you talk about, like, burning the candle. <coughs> I want to I be the last one of the bars, and I'll be the first one at the gym. Because we all read his book, and, you know, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So... Yes. Despite despite the cloudedness of the last little era of his his run, right? Yeah, you know, I I, I try to stay off the social media as much as I can, so I don't even know what you're talking about necessarily. Um, <laughs> you know whose book is really good if you haven't checked it out? I'm a big fan. About halfway through, my wife bought it for me for my birthday, but John Moxley's book yeah, is fantastic. I, I heard it was good. Uh, Albright, I think, was re- actually reading me like a, a couple passages. Yeah, there's some really great motivational shit in there, yeah. and he also goes down that, that dark territory because, uh, especially nowadays, mental health is on the rise. Mental health is on the rise. I'm so, um, like, bipolar and, and schizophrenia is something that, that my family has, has, like, dealt with, has, like, seen, and, like, uh, my, my grandmother died of suicide, um, I've got, I've had cousins, um, different people, and I, I have a kind of a, kind of a weird, like, um, relationship with it, because a lot of it, I think, uh, you, you know, you never want to talk at a term. So, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what people are going through. So maybe I should, maybe I should just leave it at that. But uh, if you are going through something, yeah, if you're going just through remember something. you're never alone, and there's always somebody there to help. Yeah, you're not alone. There's people. It's to help a good you. way to put it out there, right? Yeah, really. Um, who are we talking about? Oh, pro, with pro wrestling though, it's <clears throat> it's a little bit different than other sports. Okay. With other sports, it's entirely performance based. One like, like you want to win the football game, right? And eventually, so, win the championship. Right. So in order to do that, you need to be your peak athletic performance. With pro wrestling, you, there there are guys at the top of sport that you know they they're they're superstars, sure, but they could probably they might be able to get beat in a fight. You're not supposed to. You, the, the rule of thumb is. You shouldn't look like you could get beat by the guy in the front row. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look at Shawn Michaels, for example, mm-hmm. right? If he melts off at a bar, you know, maybe he wins 80% of the time. But you know there's guys out there that could probably take him on. For sure. Doesn't mean they're better performers than him, right? Pro wrestling has that aspect, the performer, the artist aspect, mm-hmm. right? So now... It could, because it's not a sport, it is an art. Mm-hmm. So, so now this incredibly athletic pursuit mm-hmm. falls in the category with fucking Jimi Hendrix and Bonzo Bonham of, it's an art. Mm-hmm. Very so, true, very true. And, and the people who get into pro wrestling, as we've said, it's carny. You're not going to get, sometimes you will, like, Okay, maybe you are if you're a pro wrestler, but I know me. I'm, you know, I'd love to be your like walk the straight line. You know, makes the best decisions all the time, morally like 
perfect man, but I'm just not, you know? We're, we're pro wrestlers. We are carny and, and pro wrestling. And, and you've, you can be a good person and not be like, you know, the most disciplined or the most athletic. And in pro wrestling, you can make up for certain, like, like you have different stats, mm-hmm. right? It isn't all just strength, speed, agility, right? There's charisma. There's your mic skill. There's Twitter followers. <laughs> you know, there's different. So, so okay, so he, he's about here. And then, oh, but his other thing is up here. Like a video game. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, level up. You got to level up. And sometimes if you're at 100 in one column, you know, it's okay. You're at 60 in the other column. It kind of makes up for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It balances. There's that, there's that balance, that feng shui, if you will. Yeah. And if you read the old wrestlers and, and how, how it works and, and, and the schedule of a pro wrestler, every single weekend, the pounding, like you can get CTE from riding sea dudes and just rocking your head back and forth. Imagine what bumps can do to you. Very so, true. anyway, so I, I think the people that, that come to pro wrestling, they, they want to rock and roll. They want to be, you know, athletes. You want to have that big entrance. And you got to try to balance it all in a way that, like, like your, your, your train has to stay on the tracks. But you want it to go as fast as you can. And... You know, if if it comes up a couple times, that's okay as long as you kind of keep going. And that's where you get those flares, those Moxleys, the Shawn Michaels. Um, hopefully, it was empty. No, yeah, it's I, I finished that. I should put it down. Um, <laughs> and so what you're saying is there's someone always a, like me someday yeah. where it's it's that artistry that that meets the athleticism, and you go, there it is. He he's found that that groove where like in. Sometimes the train does fall off the tracks, right? Some, sometimes you have those, you know, like a like a, a an unfortunate Teddy Hart story, or a um, any Dark Side of the Ring episode. Pick one, right? Sometimes the guy, you know, he's his train just fucking ah, he derailed it. But the 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 most interesting and. And the, the guys that, that people really like hold at the top always had that like is he gonna make it is he not gonna make it oh shit because um well that's because everybody likes a setback but they also love the comeback they love the comeback and being able to come back <clears throat> right knowing like okay man you messed up but but you're the best and we can just keep on going mm-hmm. and, and I, that's what pro wrestlers have to tell themselves you just gotta keep on. You got listen. Nobody's gonna hit harder than life. Nobody's gonna. But you hit gotta. Harder than you gotta life. get hit and keep moving forward. And I think that's a great way to end this. Kobe Durst, my man. Thanks so much for having Dude, me. Dude, always a pleasure. Before you go, shout out your socials. Let everybody out there know where they can follow the journey that is At the Diamond Tiger. Kobe Durst. Everywhere. Everywhere. Even on Twitter. Though he doesn't tweet, but he's working on it, guys. I 2020, 2022 is the word. Well, hopefully he tweets this fucking episode. And really thank you to anybody who, like, um, makes... Is it a gif? Is it a gif? Or like takes pictures of me or art or, you know, talks about my matches, mentions that they missed me, things like that. Because 
the only reason that my social media really did get the the to where it did is because when I was wrestling every single weekend, there were so many people tweeting about me, mentioning me, that I could just share, kind of be like, yeah, Kobe. Um, so yeah, it's, Kobe. it's really everybody else talking about me that 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 makes my presence. Absolutely. And you were one of the first guys to give Straight Talk an opportunity to share your story. And now we've done part two. And I'm honored to share it again. And thanks for having me live in the studio. I, I hate the Zooms. No offense to Zoom. Yeah. Well, this is pre-recorded, but still, it's always great to have. And you're always welcome back in the studio. It's yeah. never it's never been a, it's never been a list of we can't do this. It's just every... You know what the funny, oh, course, but funny thing about this? I don't know if you remember this. We were at George the Iceman's birthday. October 2019 <laughs> I, I and we were having drinks and you came over to me and you said listen man I'd love to get back and, and have a conversation with you you were great which really touched me because when somebody tells me that I'm doing something good and yeah. they remember how good the conversation was mm -hmm. that speaks volumes because as you know we don't do interviews here we have conversations mm -hmm. that's what sets us apart we don't sit there and we don't pretend to. Uh, I have a structure. All the questions I asked you today were not prepared beforehand. This conversation was not prepared beforehand. We just went with the flow. And I asked what I felt was a relative question. Right. But when you came up to me and said, let's do it, I said, yeah, let's set it up for the new year. And wouldn't you know, fucking COVID shut it down. So this conversation, actually, that was October 2019. We are now in December 20. It took literally 26 months, but we did it. We finally made it happen. Happy birthday, Iceman. Yeah, happy two years ago. Happy birthday from 2020 and 2021, brother. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, your boy, George Wakai. You already know my socials, but the link tree is always in the link below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to help us grow. And man, oh man, peace, love, wrestling, all that good stuff. And remember, 2022, Straight Talk Wrestling, we're going to change the game. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.